Last week, we started talking about the benefits of being part of a faith family, and we want to continue to talk about that. Um, and it's not like, I don't mean to say, imply that we're dismissing the resurrection, uh, but we want to go a little bit deeper of really talking about how the resurrection is being manifested today yeah. in our lives today. And one of those ways is in what's called a faith family. Uh, sometimes we'll say the word local church, but today it has such different meanings of what a faith family is. It'd be a small group of people. Um, it could be a prayer group. It could be uh, people that kind of share interests that meet together on a regular basis. It could be a home church, a lot of home churches. In fact, we found out uh, a few months ago that home home churches in America have risen by a thousand percent. More and more people are going or meeting in their homes and with what's going on in our world and in our nation I, I absolutely believe that that's a move of God of more and more people moving the, their faith family or their local gathering into their houses uh, takes us all the way back to how it was in Acts the second chapter doesn't it <laughs> and we've gone from starting in the houses meeting house to house uh, to a time in history camp coming where uh, a particular uh, emperor came along who legalized Christianity and then it was taken out of the houses and it turned into a formal religion with lots of bondages and rules and regulations and so folks broke off from that and started something called the Protestants or the Protestants and then it really became a, <laughs> a whole nother level of religion and beliefs and God has used it but man has also abused it and now here we are in the 21st century at the on the verge of of a massive global revolution and we find ourselves being uh, sent back into the homes where it all started back to emphasis on having a faith family back into the emphasis of actually being the church and no longer going to church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we want to kind of recap some of the things we started off talking about. It's come, it all began when we found an article online, a gentleman uh, was talking about how people are divorcing their churches. And so go ahead, Carol, just read a couple of the things that we, that he cited a few examples of what's been happening in our nation. Okay. One of the comments he made, uh, he used this example, a couple is headed to the divorce court with no hope of reconciliation. The Lord uses the church to restore the relationship, but the couple then leave the church. A man attempts suicide, fails, and shows up in church where he gets saved and delivered and then leaves the church. <laughs> A young man is told he has an incurable disease, but God exposes the infirmity and removes it through a word of knowledge. But then the individual lets hurt and disappointment drive him from the body God used to restore him. A man receives a prophetic word over his life about money all around him. And after prospering in a manner consistent with the word, departs the church leaving pledges, vows, and commitments unfulfilled. A dejected and demoralized woman comes into church and finds acceptance, 
love, and belonging, only to walk away because of some minor misunderstanding and offenses or offenses. The stories are endless, but they all share a common narrative of people receiving life and restoration from the church and then divorcing their churches to serve some offense, yield to a divisive or deceptive spirit, or to, put, or to pursue some spurious teaching, doctrine, or practice. According to Psalms 68 and 6, the Lord sets his people in families so that the benefits of redemption can be explained, explored, and enjoyed. The word set means to remain or to abide. Our destiny in this life, our ability to bear fruit, and the influence we are to have on the lives of others are all tied to remaining in God's set place for us. Wow. Let's just pray this prayer. We always pray when we, uh, when we share these things. Because today we want to talk about really the benefits of being part of a, of a faith family and uh, we're, we're going to uh, uh, share some scriptures from the Bible uh, that lay some foundation understanding and uh, we're going to share what we've experienced in faith families we're going to share our own experience today I'll at least get started <laughs> um, last week we was really on fire wasn't we <laughs> as we talked about <laughs> The ways that many are divorcing their churches, um, but but today our emphasis is going to be uh, on what we believe. We and we believe that there are at least ten benefits. That there are at least ten benefits or positive characteristics of an effective and impactful uh, faith family, um, and that's because in our our understanding is this: that a faith family is a place where you can find community. You can find communion. You can find camaraderie. Don't you love all these? You can find care. You can find connection. Conflict resolution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Confessing faults. Uh, you can find covering, covenant, and commissioning. So let's just pray as we get started, uh, like we always do. Lord, I pray that, that the, the word, word today, today would find good soil in my heart. I reject the thoughts of offense where the light of your word exposes my sin. I do not take offense. I will change and turn to you, my heavenly father. I reject condemnation. Your word says that Jesus did not come to condemn people. This word does not come to condemn me, but it comes to heal me. I reject accusation. Satan is the accuser of brothers and sisters. And this word does not come to accuse me or abuse me. This word exposes Satan and his lies. And I choose to believe and receive the truth. God says in his word, Blessed are my eyes for they see, and my ears for they hear. For many prophets and righteous men desired to see what I see, and did not see it, and to hear what I hear, and did not hear it. Therefore, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against or miss the will of God. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your word today. 
Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. May our eyes and ears be open to hear you. And Lord, we don't know where these recordings reach, how far these webcasts go, but we trust you, Lord, that it will find the right eyes, the right ears, the right heart to prepare us for the days that are ahead in this city, in this region, across this country, all over the world. Chris and Carol, decrease in this moment that you would increase. Speak to us, speak through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Okay, well, let's take a look at what we believe is uh, some of the major uh, ways that we can uh, identify with the faith family. We believe that, uh, and really what we want to share with you today is really coming from personal experience as well as the Word of God. Um, we come from a wonderful faith family. I want to say that up front. And that's why we'll be sharing the things that we're sharing with you. We come from a place where all of these these 10 things that we are going to be talking about, we're not going to get on all 10 today, <laughs> maybe three, uh, three, four at the most that we'll be able to get to today. Um, but we've experienced it and we believe that God wants it to, wants us to uh have it here in this city and it's going to be a vital vital part of 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 our success for the future um first of all we believe that uh a faith one of the benefits of a faith family is it's a place of communion um sorry of community um and i went and looked up in the dictionary and says this that a community is a unified body of individuals. Isn't that great? <laughs> one of those things that's kind of obvious. We talked about a state, a commonwealth. Pennsylvania is one of just a couple of commonwealths. It's really not listed as a state. It's the commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I believe Kentucky is another one. It's the commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, uh, but it's, it's listed just that. It's supposed to be a unified body of individuals now, even though we're not necessarily unified. <laughs> <laughs> that we still get referred to as being a commonwealth. Uh, a community is the is a, a people with common interests living in a particular area. Uh, broadly, the definition is the area itself. Sometimes we'll just refer to the actual area of a people as being a community. Um, um, it's an interacting population of various kinds of individuals in a common location. So that's why it may not necessarily always be Unified because there's all kinds of people living in a certain location. A group of people with common characteristics, though, is another definition of a community. Or people who have a, uh, of the same interests living together uh, within a larger society. It's a group linked by common policy. A body of persons or a nation having a common history, uh, like America. Uh, it's it's a common history. Um, and so those are just some of the basic definitions. Comes out of Miriam and Webster definition. But here's the here's an example from Acts the second chapter, which I know you're very familiar with, because it's a major big thing part of uh, of this ministry. Acts the second chapter, starting at verse forty. And Carol, you can read that. That's you'll you'll recognize this. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, "Be saved from this perverse generation." Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. 
and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So there, first of all, you see the sense of community. Uh, and we can tell you by ex, uh, from what we experienced in our home church before coming here to Harrisburg, uh, we know what it is to come together for a common uh, cause of winning souls, discipling our families and friends, and growing together and learning together. Um, all of that was coming out of us, out of a community that had a common goal. Uh, I know that many, uh, many churches, ministries strive for this, and I think sometimes it gets missed because of maybe activities. Uh, doing a whole lot of things, but not necessarily having a common goal for doing it. And the reason why I bring this up is because through the years that we've been here in Harrisburg, I know that that's what God has constantly been doing with us. We are not only a community uh, of, uh, of believers, or, uh, but we have tried to stay on a common goal. Mm -hmm constantly hearing that rebuilding, restoring, renewing hearts and homes. <laughs> no matter what we're doing, we always keep coming back to that common goal. And that, that's a result of coming from a place that had common goals like that. Mm -hmm. We were very intentionally during the fall and winter months spend that time uh, with going to classes, uh, getting learning, teaching and instruction for the spring and summer. So what happened in the spring and summer? Every spring and summer, we would um, have intentional outreaches um, into the community as well as even within our own community, within the neighborhood, I should say, and within our own community, the church community, to win people. For an example, in the spring, uh, we had... Uh, we would have a marriage then, you know, February, just before spring, February, uh, we'd have a marriage outreach. We come in the month of May would come and the emphasis would be on women. When June would come, the emphasis would be on the men. And at the end of June, we would, it, it, we would launch uh, what we call Urban Music Fest, where we would actually set up our equipment outdoors, mm -hmm. go into the parks or right in front of our building um, to uh, draw people to the Lord. We would just set up and have praise and worship, rap, dance, singing, uh, people talking, whatever, sharing their testimonies to win people to, to, to the Lord, not just come to our church, but win them to the Lord. So we went on that rotation year after year. Uh, everybody knew fall and winter were we're going to be in the word. We're going to be going to classes. We're going to be getting training. We're going to get getting prepared because spring and summer, we're going out and we're going to do the work. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to do it. So when the fall rolled back around, a lot of those people who had won to the Lord, guess what? They would start going to those classes, going to becoming part of what we call family hour. That's how we know, for instance, in, in our own home, we held our family hour gathering every Monday night. 
and our family hour was filled with young adults, yes. <laughs> most of which we had won during the spring and summer yes. when we go out and hit the streets and all that kind of thing. And so they would invite their friends, well, folks who were part of our family hour, would invite somebody to come to family hour. Yes. Not even to our church first. They invited us, yeah. they would invite them to our house first. Yeah, yeah that was always yeah. <laughs> lots of fun. And so, and even within that family hour, we created or established a sense of community. Yes. Even within that family hour, we called that family hour. So we were a community within a community. And that's what was happening throughout uh, our faith family uh, back in Missouri. We established a faith family as a whole big congregation, six, seven hundred people. But within those, within that community, we formed smaller communities. Yeah. That was very, very important. The next one was, next thing that we believe is a benefit of having a faith family is uh, the sense of communion that it creates. The sense of communion. I love what Carol brought out with communion. Go ahead. Uh, communion is the Greek word koinonia. Um, and there are, of course, there are in our scriptural references going back to Acts, the second chapter. The Webster's Dictionary defines it as beneficial distribution of fellowship, partnership, and communication, intimate fellowship or rapport, relationships marked by harmony, accord, and a feeling of closeness and understanding that someone has for another person because of their similar qualities, ideas, or interests. Uh, the word wealth that was in, that's in my Bible um, under Koinonia, it says sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation, a society, a communion, a fellowship, contributory help, the brotherhood, Koinonia is a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. In Koinonia, the individual shares in common an intimate bond of fellowship with the rest of the Christian society. Koinonia cements the believers to the Lord Jesus and to each other. And of course, this is something that we've longed for um, uh, in this community. We wanted to to experience here, to bring about what we experienced in our faith family in St. Louis, to bring that here. Um, I saw it in my husband and in his family. They brought me into fellowship with them. I saw the benefit of it and chose to raise my family in the same bonds of fellowship. And as my sons marry, we have included our daughters in love into the same fellowship of love that We've have, we have experienced first in our family, yeah. then in our faith family. Yeah. Um, in our home church, we were blessed to be a part of a large community of believers of several different ethnic groups who allowed Koinonia to cement us together. We have found people of like mind to join with to continue the work with a, in expanding the faith community here in the Capital Region. So we are looking forward to seeing that ex to spread and yeah. and to to watch the Holy Spirit 
bring people together and allow and those for those people to allow the Holy Spirit to cement us together in the bonds of fellowship and in, in closeness and uh, fellowship and brotherhood and when you think about both community and communion um, you know in light of this this gentleman writing about how people walk away from the church because they experience uh, some hurt, some offense, misunderstanding. Sometimes you don't even know the reason why. Mm -hmm. And we've been through that. Yes. Uh, uh, never knowing the reason why uh, because we have had exactly what this gentleman described. Uh, we have had people get healed. Mm -hmm. uh, we were thinking about this this past week. We started thinking about all of the miracles mm -hmm. that we have experienced here in urban life. Mm -hmm. We've had cancer mm -hmm. healed. We've had anxiety disorder healed. Mm -hmm. We've had people uh, get uh, new housing, yes. jobs, yes. <laughs> um, uh, school, education. Receive their children back. Uh, get their children back mm -hmm. that they lost. Mm -hmm. We've had, I mean, we have had miracles mm -hmm. that have happened here. And today, um, the majority of those folks who received those miracles, we haven't seen them in years. Mm -hmm. They left mm -hmm. shortly after that happened. So we've experienced what he said, mm -hmm. what this gentleman said. And so uh, it has baffled us the same way it baffles everyone. I've been to the church growth experts and the conferences and all of that who say the reason why you can't retain people is because you're ineffective. Your ministry is ineffective. And so that has baffled us for a long time. So, okay, I have an ineffective ministry in that people can experience the, the miracles, miraculous. the miraculous, but have no desire to stay. And I believe that it's not so much ineffective ministry, but, um, but it's, we live in an era and a generation and a time where people do not see the benefits of community they don't see the benefit of communion community is seen as a threat yes it's not seen as a safe place i feel safer being by myself mm -hmm. or staying in a place for a short time and moving on quickly mm -hmm. and i know that that's directly connected with how people's lives have been how yes. they've grown up yes and so i may be saying this to someone to encourage you uh that as you're considering um, being a part of a faith family or you may be considering leaving a faith family because um, it can be very disappointing when you are part of a faith family to watch people go in and out, not just from the leaders, but from others who are part of that faith family too. It's hard to watch. They're looking at it. They're going, this is a great church. This is a great faith family. Why are people coming and going? Why don't they stay? I've had my problems and issues too. Uh, I've always, I haven't always agreed with the, with the pastor or the pastor's wife. I haven't always agreed with the way they do things or what they said, but that still didn't qualify as a reason to leave. And that's always baffled me. I can I honestly say that I never could connect you know, because I always thought about this, even in our home church, we watched people leave that had 
had miracles come in their lives, but they would leave because of something that our pastor said or taught that they didn't agree with or things that happened, um, misunderstandings, disagreements, and they leave. And so I, I've kind of felt like the, the reason for leaving would be if our pastor was caught up in infidelity, mm-hmm. if our pastor was busted for, you know, stealing money, embezzling mm-hmm. funds in the church. I thought if, you know, we find out he's living on the down low, he's right, right, molesting yeah. kids. Because the reason why I say this, this is, may sound funny, because churches where that actually happened, continue to grow which it really uh, and i thought that would be the reason to leave yes but people stay and so i I remain totally baffled by this that really baffled people have come to urban life and yes i will not sit here and say they haven't had a disagreement with us or haven't had a disagreement with even others uh, in the in the church family because when people come together, personalities clash, interests um, similar. You know, right. don't have the same imp, in, in, uh, interests interest or point or of, point of, of view. view. Uh, but so I was still waiting for, and I was living. You know, trying to make sure I'm I'm living right. I'm doing right. I'm not gonna do nothing that's gonna cause nobody to leave this church. In other words, I'm not gonna be the reason. That they leave. Not going to be the pastor, but I found out they're going to leave anyway. There's stuff that ain't got nothing to do with you. Uh, but I know now that it's because it's there isn't a lot of value placed on the real benefits of a faith family. The real benefits of a faith family is not the miracles. Mm-mm. It's a benefit, but those aren't the ones that make you stay. Right. I learned that now. The, the miracles and all that stuff breaking out aren't enough to make you stay. What we have to learn now is to put the emphasis on what are the real benefits. And they are community, finding common interests, common interests, coming together for a common cause. And it has to be a cause that's bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm just there to get the miracles, as we used to sometimes say, I'm just there because Jesus is passing out fish and bread. <laughs> I'm going to get my needs met and all that. Then, then people are not going to stay. They'll get their needs met. They'll get the miracles. They'll get the house and the car, the husband, the wife. Because <laughs> that's all part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Many times people just come because I want to get married. And after they get married, they're gone because I came what I got for. I remember teaching uh, one time long time ago about after you get what you want from God that was the name of the message what happens after you get what you want mm-hmm. and what God is really after is a family yeah. he's, not, he's not looking to be Santa Claus right. and remember I used to say he's not looking to be a vending machine <laughs> no father wants to be a vending no machine no father wants to be a vending machine <laughs> I won't go through all my antics on that <laughs> the vending machine where you put in the slot I tithe I gave my money and so Lord give me my blessings and you put in the code <laughs> boop boop and then out comes your blessing and so what we've all learned is you can put in the money, punch the buttons, and don't nothing come out the machine because God is like, I'm not no vending machine. Because God wants, think about it, God wants community. Yeah. But I think we've, we've unknowingly really have received this survival yeah. um, mentality even in the body of Christ, and he's never meant for us 
to, to be, just, be just a survivor. Because yeah. that's that's the only way that you you would leave yeah. a place where um, you've received the need. Yeah. You received a miracle and you still walk away, really? Yeah. So there's there is it's all it's it's that it's a survival mentality. Yeah. I got what I needed, so I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. But and God we, wants conquerors. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to establish and to build. Um, and it's and all and that conquering that being more than a more than a conqueror that overcoming mentality yes. it comes from a certain foundation and what we're talking about now the foundation for that is really community and mm -hmm. communion yes. and you don't start off which many have done unfortunately the last 30 40 years we'll start a community of believers mm -hmm. but we start it based upon all these promises that people's dreams are going to be fulfilled yeah. And now you can see what happens. If the foundation, the reason for me coming is for God to bless me. And to fulfill my and dream. And to fulfill my dream. Then once that happens, what do I need to stay for? Actually, in many ways, us preachers, we set ourselves up for that because that's what we seeded into people in the foundational years of their walk with God. We unintentionally, uh, uh, we bred a survivor. We bred a survivor. You just go to get what you want. And so when we say those things like send those blessings, I mean, send those praises up so that the blessings will come down. That's not a relationship. No. That's, that's not a relationship. Uh, that's no different than, than, I don't mean to be crass, but you know, you can go out on the street and you can pay for a certain benefit <laughs> there's no relationship there <laughs> but we have taught God's people to attempt to pimp God bottom line bottom line <laughs> I didn't mean to put it that way okay. all these things keep we, coming we, out we of me up, uh, lately <laughs> we messed up everybody in the room <laughs> But that's basically what we have taught Seriously, God's people to, to do. do. It's all about what it's we can all get about from what him, we can get out about of him. what he can do for what us. What he can do for me. And that's that's we're, that's not our purpose for even be, getting why, saved. Getting, for getting saved. It's yeah. about fulfilling his purpose for my life. Yeah. And that's where I find uh abundance. That's where yeah. I find everything that I need in order to fulfill purpose. Yeah. I I don't have to worry about what I need as long as I'm fulfilling his purpose. He makes sure that I have what, I, I, have need what I need as long as I'm fulfilling his purpose. Yeah, because so the foundation that was supposed to have been being laid right from the beginning was, was uh, the will and the purpose and the plan of God mm -hmm. coming through me. Mm -hmm. It was, of course I'm gonna be affected because it's coming yes. through my life. Yes. But it was not about me just getting my needs met. Because like I said, now we have a generation that can go to a church, get their need met, and walk out the door as if though that faith family was nothing more than a Target or a Kmart or a McDonald's. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I went and placed my order. I waited long enough 
for them to fulfill my order. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I paid for my order and walked out with my order, I'm done. And I know why there are people who don't feel any remorse or guilt or nothing about this because they're thinking, well, wasn't that the point? That's what you guys told me was the point. The point of the fasting and the prayer and even coming together and all of that was, I mean, in every service always began with praises go up, blessings come down. What do you want God to do for you today? Every service, every meeting, rather it was a small group meeting, rather it was men's group, women's group. We taught our children that in children's church, everything week after week after week. It was about blessings coming to me, breakthrough coming to me. Everybody's saying it on TV, it's on the DVDs, it's on the internet. It's all about what God's, God's blessings, 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 breakthrough, 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 me, me, me. So when I actually get it, then what's the point of staying? I've got what I came for. I got just what I, I got wanted. just what it from the Lord. <laughs> that was the song. I got just what I wanted from the Lord. Yeah, see, and then what's the rest? You can't make me down. I know too much about it. Why? Because I got just what I wanted from the Lord. And he didn't want the he didn't want the uh you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him to be based on I got what I wanted. Mm-mm. What was what should it what should it be based on? Be, I love him. I love him. You can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him because he has revealed himself in me and he's placed me in a faith family. He's placed me in a community of others who feel that same way about him. I learned something about God, my father. Here's that. I I gained identity with him. My identity is not in what he gave me. The identity is when he looked at me and said, that's my son. That's my daughter. Yeah, that's why the word of the Lord says we cry out, Abba, Father. See, Bible uses language like that, family language. Yes. So that if God didn't do anything else but save me, I ain't walking. <laughs> if he ain't do nothing else but save me, I ain't going nowhere. Now, you wonder why certain people just stay with their faith family? Because that's the connection they made. The blessings was just an extra benefit. Yes, that's that's icing. The physical blessings was just an extra benefit. But what was most important was that he found me. I found my father. And I found... I found, found, and then he placed me in a community of others who brothers and brothers and sisters. Not, not just this, and it's not you know just a religious term that's used. No, this person actually becomes in relationship to me as a brother. I can depend on that person. They will pray for me. They will have my back. Yes, I'm not. We're not just talking about. The title. Yeah. No, this is my brother. This is my sister. And I know they have my back. They are. They believe and love God yeah. the way that I do. Yeah. That's what we're looking to build. That's What's what, that what we're looking for. 
Thank you, Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Another expression of communion is, um, uh, because you know about the definition where we're sharing, exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings and what we just talked about, this community that he gives us. But also, communion is the, the service of Christian worship that believers do when we partake of the bread and the wine. And that communion is representing something very important. It, and it's so important that in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 through 29, I want to read that. It says, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So every time, actually, Jesus, when he left instructions for us to do this, said, and as often as you meet, you know, traditionally, we do it on the first Sunday of the month. But actually, he said, every time you meet, you need to do this. Now, why would he say we need to do this every time we meet? And then Apostle Paul later writes in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight that before you even do it, though, examine yourself. Because if you drink and if you eat and drink in an unworthy manner, then you're going to drink judgment to yourself because you're not discerning the body. And I kind of took the time to look up what it meant by discerning the body. Don't you love when you, get, you see these certain scriptures in the Bible and they use these words? You go, what does that mean? Really? What do you mean discerning the body? <laughs> <laughs> because I want to know why it's going to be judgment if I drink of this. And it's saying it's because I'm not discerning the body. Well, what, is, what do you mean by discerning the body? Well, I found out it means basically this. Discerning comes from a Greek word that's pronounced diakrino. Mm-hmm. But it means to separate thoroughly. Literally means or reflexively it means to withdraw from or figuratively to discriminate. And so I want to just get to the bottom line. It means that you and I did not, we're not separating. We're not discriminating. Not, we're not withdrawing. Um. Um, it means that basically this that we're pretending that we're one with the body even though we, we know that we're in some secret sin we're in some disobedience or we're in some rebellion mm-hmm. and we're not dealing with that you're not discerning the body mm-hmm. you're not looking at the body is whole mm-hmm. and pure and healthy and healthy and I'm not so I'm going to come and partake as if though everything's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act like everything's cool. Everything's fine. And, and Paul said, when you do that, you're drinking judgment to yourself because you are not distinguishing and discerning. You're not separating yourself and going, wait a minute. I'm unworthy to do this right now. Now, why is this important? Why is this level of communion? You said that don't sound like a benefit. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a benefit for being in the body, but yes, it is being part of a faith family. Yeah, because if you're in, a, if we're in a faith family, and we're doing this regularly, that means that we're constantly coming back to a place where I'm examining myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't run from that. 
Now, I know that because of negative experiences, what many of us have encountered is really we thought it was a faith family because it had so-and-so, so-and-so Church of God in Christ on the front and so-and-so, so-and-so Assembly of God and so-and-so, so-and-so Baptist Church. Or let me get some of the newest so-and-so, so-and-so Christian Center. So we thought that it was a faith family, but when we got in there, It was a place of tremendous judgment and legalism. So we thought we got a twisted view of what God intended communion to be. So instead of communion becoming a place of self-examination, right. we walked into places where it was people examining up everybody else. Yes. <laughs> it was just the opposite. Communion is supposed to be about self-examination. Right not sermons and messages and everything about you you and you and you oughta and they and we no it's supposed to be a, and are you saved are you sanctified are you yet holding on that, that ain't none of that got nothing to do with self-examination that's people setting themselves up to now be the ones to be the examiners be the and so Spirit, they're really. checking in yeah really to be the holy spirit so they're looking at how everybody's dressing and how everybody's acting and please if they see you through the week that ain't like god see just this is supposed to be think about how god intended for this to be he he intended communion to be First of all, this koinonia, that Greek word koinonia, this closeness with one another. And then out of this closeness, we come and partake of the Lord's table together. Mm -hmm. But when we come and do that together, we're not looking at each other. No. <laughs> out of that closeness, think, listen to me closely. Out of that closeness with one another discerning the body I don't want to be the one to bring the poison I don't want to be the one to bring the division I don't want to be the one to bring in the strife I don't want to be the one that brings in sickness and death I don't want to be the one so I'm not going to act like everything's cool when it's not I'm going to stop and say Lord I lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets me I confess to you Lord I've been looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at I've been engaging in things I shouldn't been engaging in I've been hanging around folks that I shouldn't have been hanging around I've been letting stuff spew out of my mouth that shouldn't have been coming out of my mouth Lord forgive me clean me up Now, as I partake of this bread and of this wine, I'm discerning the body. I'm not drinking and eating judgment to myself. I don't want to be one. It's like being, it's like being the one that says, I don't want to be the one to mess this up, God. Yes. See, I don't need somebody on the outside to use manipulation tactics and intimidation tactics to make me live right. That's just, just out of my communion with God and out of my communion with my brothers and sisters, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want my sin yeah, yeah. to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my mess to damage y'all. Right. Not only that, I don't want my 
send my missing the mark to mess up my relationship with God. God. That's what we mean by communion. That's communion. So when we talk about the benefits of being in a faith family, one of the benefits is communion. It's a benefit. It's a benefit. Why? Because I'm constantly in a place where God is requiring of me to examine myself, to keep things pure, keep things straight. And even when things aren't right, get it right. And he's, he lovingly (laughs) brings things up. He'll lovingly point things out. Not be, not because he, he thinks you're in, you're nasty, ugly, and whatever um, you may be feeling about it. God lovingly points it out because he doesn't want it to, he doesn't want to be separated from you. Yeah. That's the only reason he points it out. He doesn't want to be separated yeah. from you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, bless the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I remember in our faith, in our uh, faith family community in St. Louis, we would have an annual 40 day. And we start off the first of the year with 40 days of prayer and fasting, and then we cut it down to 30. My bro, can you believe, he cut it down, cut it back to 30 days. <laughs> oh, we were happy about that. Oh, we were those really happy days. about those yeah. getting those 10 days. <laughs> but we would be on denial. We would eat like one meal a day. Uh, and then on the weekends, we would fast the entire weekend, not eat at all. And, um, and during those times, there was great revelation that would come. My brother would teach and preach uh, Monday through Friday it was awesome and then we have all different ones of us to teach and share doing all night on Friday and all day on Saturday we go in shifts like and and then he'd be right back at it again Sunday morning ministering and then we have Sunday night off and then we'd be right back at church again Monday through Friday on stay all night on Friday night into Saturday and then do it again the next week and we're for 30 days and used to start off with 40 days but what I'm getting at is this is part of that communion that yes. I'm talking about That's something builds something happened to us yes. now in all the times that we've been here we probably only done that maybe a couple of times and I remember one time we did an all-nighter and weren't we completely different there's a closeness that comes that you can't explain and those who missed it then they come back and they come in you're not trying to be a click or nothing but you went somewhere yeah. with God yeah. that you and each other and with each other that you can't explain you can't explain it so there's a reason why some of you I'm, I'm going to share this now you may have gotten offended or hurt because you miss uh, certain things like that and the church went your faith family went to a different level Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so yeah you felt some kind of way when you came back because they was like oh they all clickish nobody that's not what happened what happened was they went to a different level in god and you weren't there to experience it so you felt like you were on the outside there wasn't something that they did so you need to stop now and say lord forgive me for taking that wrong Mm -hmm. they weren't being a click they didn't leave me out that was I missed out. Come on, be honest now. Be for real. I missed out on something God was doing in my church. 
and I felt it when I got back. Yeah, and there may have been some that came to you and jokingly said, you missed it. Oh, you should have been here. And then rather than you being humble yourself and saying, yeah, you're right, I should have been here, you got offended. But they weren't trying to offend you. No. They were just trying to bring you into what they experienced. Yes. That's all it was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Come on, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But we had those moments, and it was about, it was communion. Yeah. It was bring, bring the Lord bringing us to the table, even though we didn't quote partake of the of the uh, of the bread and the wine every single night. But in the spirit, that's exactly what was happening. Every single night, we were partaking of the bread and the wine. We were examining ourselves. We were discerning the body. My Lord God, we were discovering so much stuff about ourselves. We was learning things yes. about one another. Yes. Do you know that when, when a prophetic word comes to another brother or sister and you're hearing that, it's changing your view yes. of them. It's nothing to get jealous of. Oh, God no. going to use them. Hold on. A word's coming for you too. And we begin to treat one another in light of that word. How God sees. We started changing our thoughts and way we talk to people. We started approaching them based upon God's view of them and no longer just my view of them. That's what the word of the Lord says that for us to get to know one another. What? After the spirit. Yeah, but communion is part of the process that helps us even learn how to do that to learn how to see one another yes. after the spirit yes. communion does that yes. so again this is one of the powerful benefits come on say that word benefits, <laughs> benefits. <laughs> thank you lord and here's the last one this is as far as we're going to get i told you we'd only do three or four but this is a natural progression uh the last one for the day uh, is camaraderie it's just a natural progression of community communion and in camaraderie camaraderie is just a spirit of good friendship and loyalty Woo. now you tip uh-huh. <laughs> loyalty comes out of that yes. look but look at how it came god establishing the community yeah. and what communion really is between us and god and one another and communion what happens to us that dynamic that happens to us as we partake of the lord's table rather it's in the physical partaking or in the spiritual partaking the natural progression is you end up with a spirit of friendship and loyalty among the members of a group it's not something that we just we conjured up and made happen see the world does world gets confidence in one another by looking at your resume I see all the schools you've been to and the education that you've had and all the experience that you've had. And now, because I read your resume, now I have confidence in you. This is way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. We established loyalties with people that we didn't know anything about them. We later found out mm-hmm. that they had master's degrees and doctor degrees and all. And, and one brother even told us this. I'll never forget this because I was, I was gone on talking about he's a PhD and man, it's just so awesome. He said, Pastor Chris, PhD, PhD just stands for piled high and deep. <laughs> we fell out. <laughs> he said, he said, don't be impressed with my degree. Not at all. 
he wanted us to just to know him as a man of yes, God. Yes. He wanted to be just known as a husband and a father. That's all. Where does that come from? That camaraderie that was birthed out of this community and communion. Um, I took the time to, you're going to love this. You get a sense of the level of camaraderie when you look in Paul's letters. Look at these greetings. Just you don't have to just just kind of close your eyes and listen to the way Paul did all these greetings and went through Romans and Corinthians and Philippians. He said, "Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow worshipers in Christ Jesus, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus." In Romans sixteen five, he says, "Likewise, greet the church that is in their house." Listen to all this camaraderie. Greet Mary who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. And Stachys, my beloved. Greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Scholars believe that Rufus is one of the sons of Simon Cyrene. You know, the man who carried Jesus' cross? Rufus is one of his sons. So, African man. So when the Apostle Paul said, greet his mother, and then said, and she's buying, his Apostle Paul saying, that black woman is my mother. I'm talking about camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Family. <laughs> Family mm-hmm. that bust past ethnic barriers. Mm-hmm. Ain't that fantastic, y'all? He says, Romans 16, 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. In 1 Corinthians 16, 19, it says, the churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord. So now he's even writing on behalf of somebody else to give greetings to the Corinthians. Paul and Timothy bond service of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. It's amazing how you can see just, I ain't even getting into the letters. His greetings carried probably countless hours and days and weeks and months and years of what community and communion. So when he's writing back to them, now you can just hear it pouring out of him. Philippians, he said, greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brethren who are with me greet you. In Colossians, he says, uh, uh, who's that? Tychicus. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. He didn't just say, Tychicus will tell you. He, he actually goes, beloved brother, faithful minister, fellow servant in the Lord, 
It takes he, time to know that about a person. <laughs> <laughs> All of this is, I want you to see here. Now when you go back and you read Apostle Paul's letters, you'll be like, nah, I'm noticing the greetings. I used to just skip over the greetings <laughs> to get to the letter. <laughs> but there's a wealth, there's just a wealth mm-hmm. of communion and community in every one of these mm-hmm. greetings. Epaphras, who is one of us, a bondservant of Christ, greets you. This is from Colossians 4. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. That ain't Paul. He ain't talking about himself. He's talking about somebody else who is always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and and, uh, Nymphos and the church that is in his house. Mm -hmm. Wow. We had the privilege of being part of a faith family in St. Louis that was a great example of a camaraderie like this. Mm -hmm. It is the reason why, as different ones have passed away, you have seen us with hardly no money say, we're going to the funeral. Why? Camaraderie. That was birthed out of community and communion. And we believe that this is what God wants here in Harrisburg. I'm not saying it doesn't exist anywhere, but there's a part we have to play in establishing it in hearts and homes so that we can stop this ungodly pattern and mindset of just getting what you want from God and moving on. Yeah. And I don't know what the future holds. I've said this repeatedly before. America is headed. Now you can see why we're saying this. We gotta have this. We gotta have this. Lord, we thank you for this word and we see the benefit. We see the benefit of community, of community. Of, of communion and of camaraderie yes. and Lord we say let it be so yes. you've been building it in here in urban life but Lord we know we also know you don't want it to be just among a few yes. you are even causing us to find others of like mind around this city you are gathering us you are connecting us you are gathering us And we thank you, Lord. We see this as part of your major strategy, your secret strategy to pull down the kingdom of darkness. We know that when people behold this, you said in your word, men, that that people would know that we're Christ's disciples by our love for one another. So, Lord, we say yes and amen. Here on this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, we pray for this resurrection power to break forth in faith families across this city, across this region, across this country. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, bless the Lord, y'all. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.